0: Hello and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Between the Presets, a podcast by me, Rudy Stetner, that comes out every Monday evening. Here is the place where anything that can be said in polite company is fair game for discussion, even if it occasionally offends. Let's roll. Please be advised that this episode of Between the Presets contains material that may be unsuitable for younger audiences if that is an issue please listen at another time or on headphones thank you hello it is monday evening the 13th of shvat 5784 that being the 22nd of january 2024 it is in the United States of America, an election year, it was always fashionable in past years to say, ah, it's just a choice between Tweedle Tweedledum and Tweedledumber, meaning that the Democrats and the Republicans were basically uh, offering uh, the same old leftovers with a different label slapped on them. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the case this year. Uh, if it's, um, if it's a choice between, uh, Donald Trump and whoever, uh, the Democrats serve up as an opponent, I think the differences will be quite marked both as to the internal vision for the United States of America, and uh the external vision as to uh what sort of presence and authority the United States of America projects worldwide and uh, of course there is the matter of our southern border which uh, now has been basically thrown wide open has been since Biden took office this was a problem that became apparent on, that really spun out of control on January 20th, 2021, when Biden took office. And although there have been elections in which the differences between the two presidential, main presidential candidates was largely cosmetic, uh, this... This seems to be an election in which uh, the future uh, the visions of the future America are quite different from one side of the aisle to the other. I remember a lesson in social studies, some places they call it civics, where they talked about um, the matter of double jeopardy. This is a constitutional principle. One cannot be tried twice for the same crime. And um, this was meant to rein in the tyranny of government. Because I think most of us know that when one has to secure legal counsel, that it is a very expensive proposition. And if one can try someone over and over again for the same crime, uh, it's possible to bankrupt even a fairly wealthy person. Now, in the case of Donald Trump, there's kind of a uh, variation on a theme where um, local Democrats in New York... They have some kind of civil trial in Georgia. They have some trial related to election 2020. Um, there's a few few jurisdictions where they, they have filed charges against uh, Trump. And they seem to be uh, invoking not the American Constitution and American traditions in doing this. They seem to be taking a page out of the Stalinist playbook where he is apocryphally quoted as saying if you find me the man I will find you the crime. There are even moves to um, take Donald Trump off of the ballot in a number of states for uh, alleged crimes of which he has not yet been convicted. Now, if you combine this uh, interstate campaign of judicial warfare against a former president and presidential aspirant with the uh, campaign of the media the the mainstream legacy media to present um, uh, Trump as some sort of threat to democracy. It's not hard to see this as being a stack deck. I once heard a uh, story on the Barry Farber show. Brilliant man, he had a talk show that was um, sometimes late at night, sometimes during drive time. But the story he told was of a uh, cowboy who goes into one of these wild west towns, swaggers into the local saloon, and he sees a card game going on at one of the tables. And he sits down, puts his chips down, says, deal me in. Plays a couple hands, loses a couple hands, Somebody taps him on the shoulder and says, uh, Hey, buddy, I hate to tell you, but this card game is rigged. Uh, You are not going to come out ahead in this game. So he says, I know that. And the guy says, so why do you want to play in the game if it's rigged? He says, because it's the only game in town. I sometimes feel that this Wild West card game, is kind of like American elections in that, um, yeah, it looks like there's a pot to be won, but things just never, uh, you know, it's the game is kind of stacked, but we got to try. The saying I go by is that in a struggle against overwhelming odds, Struggle is itself a form of prayer. I remember when Iran had elections in 2009, there was a um, reformist candidate who was running either against Ahmadinejad or Ahmadinejad's successor. My memory's a bit fuzzy on that. And things were going. I think it was the... Television news coverage was showing like 65% to 35% in favor of the uh, reformists. Then all of a sudden, the news coverage went black for most of the night. The returns stopped coming in. And in the morning, surprise, 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 it was 65% uh, pro-government, pro-theocracy, and thirty five percent the reformists, and the country the country went wild. The protests were put down very effectively, brutally, and decisively. Obama was present at the time, and he said that uh, hey, that's an internal matter for the Iranians uh, election seems okay to me. Maybe he was taking notes. I don't know. But the attitude of the government was, how dare you protest the integrity of our elections in this glorious Islamic Republic of Iran. That's election denial. Then if you cut over to uh, the Soviet Union under Stalin, Stalin is apocryphally quoted as saying, I don't need to get the votes, all I need to do is count them. Now, a couple of principles guide me in uh, discharging my civic duty of uh, voting and participating in the electoral process. One principle is that, yes, in the land of the free and the home of the brave, we do have separation of church and state. However, a citizen has the right and indeed arguably the duty to draw upon the traditions of his or her faith to determine how to act as a citizen, for whom to vote, and what policies to support. And to me, it is critical to elect leaders who are... um, respectful of citizens as they draw upon their religious faith, beliefs, and traditions in the exercise of their civic duties. A second principle that guides me is a complete repudiation of class warfare, uh, the political cultivation of envy and covetousness. I've had a few jobs over the years, and it's always been a pretty wealthy person who has uh, employed me and provided me with a paycheck. And in all cases, the only thing they asked of me was to act for the good of the company. To function in an orderly manner within the organization and to um, achieve its objectives and to help them make money. Now I've had jobs that uh barely saw me through the pay period, be it a week, two weeks, whatever. But even a bad job, you know, was worth a whole lot more than um money from the government. Free cheese, food stamps, what have you. And the advantage of a job over a handout is I don't have to vote anybody into office to uh, keep my benefits coming. And when I hear people complain about income inequality, uh, my attitude is my boss makes a lot more than I do. I'm quite happy for him. He's providing for me and a lot of other people, a lot of my coworkers. And uh, if there's in- income inequality, God bless America, I'm in favor of it. Because at the end of the day, I go home, and with few ex- exceptions, I don't usually get a call at home about some problem that needs my input uh my the owner of my business is on 24-hour call and um uh, i don't envy him i respect him and i respect his creativity in uh, attending to the minute details of a larger organization another civic principle that is important to me is a less ostentatious definition of patriotism. To me, patriotism means putting the interests of the country first, putting the interests of the community, the state first, that is the state you live in. It means looking at the big picture and realizing that My coming out ahead in the short run might be bad for me in the long run. I'll give you a perfect uh, example. Uh, I got a college degree pretty late in life. I took out loans um, to uh, pay my way and all that. And along came the question of student loan forgiveness. Now, um, I would have benefited from that. Um, you know, it would have wiped away my college debt. But it's, I voted against it. I voted for people who were opposed to it. It's plain Unfair. That's that's the first thing. Someone who um, got their uh, student loan, you know, payment website and made their payments uh, every month faithfully, no one's going to send them a check refunding their payments. Uh, they just kind of, if this thing would go through. And not only that, a lot of people... Basically, there's no such thing as free. Uh, Those student loans were going to be paid, but at the expense of other taxpayers. Taxpayers who are busy building their own lives, making their own choices, and more pointedly paying for the choices they make in their life. So yeah, I would have been a direct beneficiary of student loan forgiveness I'm against it I think it's a bad idea and one thing I can tell you is that whenever you see the government passing out free food you know the country's headed in the wrong direction country's going to hell another civic principle that guides me is whenever anybody says shouldn't the rich people Pay their fair share. I do simple arithmetic. I'm like, uh, I guess, middle class, maybe lower end of middle class um, taxpayer. Let's say there's 240, 250 tax returns filed every year. I use uh, roads. Um, There's the health department that keeps the uh, food that I eat um, edible and sanitary. Long list of functions of government, police, fire, what have you. Uh, It's some very wealthy people that do pay huge tax bills, both on their businesses and their Properties that they're residential properties where they live a lot better than me, so I'm grateful to them for paying at a higher rate and paying huge sums that uh actually make it easier for me to get by on my more modest income. I make it through the day, day after day, year after year. Are they paying their fair share? maybe not maybe they're maybe they're paying too much i don't know but i neither envy nor resent them um i'm grateful to them god bless rich people now if that's some kind of thought crime then so be it uh another thing that puzzles me is um uh america's uh somewhat indecisive foreign policy. I'm talking about not just America, but the European Union. Vis-a-vis Israel, a country which is, you know, constantly on my mind after uh, October 7th. Just flashing back to 1945, up through the 1960s, uh... America and its allies, uh, after reducing Germany to rubble, built it up. During the war, they were not shipping in humanitarian aid. They killed a lot of civilians. But uh, the deal was unconditional surrender. The country was divided into the French, British, American, and Soviet zones. The Soviet zone became communist East Germany. And by the 1960s, Germany had what was known as the Wirtschaftswunder, the economic miracle, in which the country became uh, very prosperous, prosperous. they built a durable democracy to the point that and something similar happened in Japan where the country, after being nuked for crying out loud, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, that country was built up. And I remember Americans saying, uh, you know, when I look at Germany and Japan, uh, I kind of wonder who lost World War II because they're doing better than we are. Now, uh, Israel suffered uh, horrific attacks on October 7th and uh, the Hamas and the Palestinian Authority in Gaza and in Yehuda and Shomron also known as the West Bank, um, proudly supported it. They gleefully uh, shared uh, live video footage of uh, of the horrible things that they did, and not only that, and they they said openly that they intended to do October seventh two, three, many more times until from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, which means, free means Judenrein. It means purged of Jews. But uh, when it comes to all the rules of warfare that were never followed in World War One, World War Two, the world gets religion when it comes to uh, Israel defending its right to exist peacefully. So yes, there is a uh, path of peace for the people of Gaza. It's called surrender. They've had 30 years since 1994 to show some success in building an economy, building a way of life. And they invested billions of dollars in corruption and infrastructure for destroying their neighbor. The state of Israel seems to be tiptoeing around this. I am not. Oslo is dead. The two-state solution is dead. Has been for a long time, but we got a brutal wake-up call. Um, Just speaking as an American, uh, we have a majority in America that is at least to some extent or another Christian we have Jewish minorities Muslims Hindus uh, and whatnot but Christianity in the Christian calendar with Christmas and Easter and what have you is culturally dominant getting offended like by that is like being in a restaurant and being offended because waitress comes out singing happy birthday and bringing a cake to another table. In some places you're the minority and in your home or in your neighborhood you get to, uh, you know, um, express your cultural religious identity but in the country nationally a faith that might be foreign to you is culturally demographically dominant. Get over it. Not every language or every faith community has its own country. So um, I hope and pray that uh, in the United States of America we have a peaceful and uh, honest election, a civil discussion of um, um, the issues that confront us as a country we're still a superpower and if we decide to step step out of that role, there will be a vacuum and a lot of people will suffer for that. I wish you all a good and a blessed week. May the Almighty strengthen us in bringing, bringing about a peace, peaceful and just world uh, according to his principles and guidance. Thank you, and have a blessed week. This wraps up another weekly episode of Between the Presets. I thank you all for the pleasure of sharing with me my weekly muse. Whatever platform you access, hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a comment is much appreciated. My email address is thewinterriders at gmail.com, thewinterriders at gmail.com. Until next week, adio, which in some African languages means born on Monday or be righteous and closely resembles adios in Spanish.